the seventh Iker is the Nevo of Moshe Rabbeinu, the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, I'm sure it's already been stated several times that the animamins that we have at the end of Shachris and the Siddur are not exactly the, um, the, the way the Rambam sets up the Ikrim. I'll read the seventh animamin, so at least we have that, we'll call it paraphrased, but then we're going to understand better how the Rambam says it. The way it says it in the animamin is animamin b'muna shleima. So I believe wholeheartedly shenevuas Moshe Rabbeinu alav Shalom haisa amitis that the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu was the truth. Veshua av lanavim and he is the av lanavim. Literally, father means the leader of all the nevim. La kodman lefanav v'labayim acharav for those who came before him and those who came after him or those who will come after him. Okay, so. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is the, uh, is, he's the greatest of all the Nevi'im. He's the leader of all the Nevi'im. And his Nevoah is the truth. The way it says it in Yigdal, which also is a version of these, of these uh, Animamids, of these Ikrim, is Lokambi Yisrael Kamosha Od, that there'll never be amongst the Israel like Moshe, again, there won't be any other Nova like him. Navi umabit estmunaso. He's a Navi, and he's mabit, he sees the tmuna of Hashem, the, the vision of Hashem, whatever that means. Obviously, it doesn't mean Hashem himself, but some, some vision that no one else sees. So this is a little bit a little bit um, different than the animam in, in the and then the way the Animamin says it, in that here, it's, it emphasizes what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to see of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that no one else is like him. So how does the Rambam actually put it? So the Rambam writes, so it's like, this is actually one of the longest of the descriptions the Rambam has in his 13 Ikrim, but in this one, the seventh one, the Esod HaShvi'i, we'll read the first few lines. Nevoaz Moshe Rabbeinu Olavashalom, the Nevoah of Moshe Rabbeinu, Vuhu Shenamin, we have to believe, Kihu Avihem Shalkol Hanavim, that he is the father of all the Nevim, the leader of all the Nevim. Asher Hayu Milafanav Asher Kamu Me'achrav, they came before him and will come after him. So that's like we saw in the Animamin and the Sitter. Kulam Heim Tachtav Bamaila, they're all beneath him in stature. He has the greatest Nevoah. Vuhu Haya Hanivchar Mikol Min Ha'adam. And he is the chosen of all people, of all people. Asher hisig miyidiyaso yezvarach yoser mikol mashi hisig oyasig shum adam shenimza oshiyimza. And he um, reached, or he, uh, yeah, I guess he attained an understanding of Akarish Baruch Hu more than any other person ever uh, ever attained or will attain. He has the greatest understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu ever. And he also, he's, he reached uh, the highest level of, of, that a human could reach until the level of angels. He reached an angelic stage. And he goes on to explain how Moshe Rabbeinu was able to be uninhibited by his physical self and was able to um, 
attain, to be able to reach HaKadosh Baruch Hu and see, be able to speak with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, deal with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that no one else was ever able to do or will ever be able to do. The Rambam goes on to explain that there are four differences between the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu and everybody else's Nevuah. In other words, there's in four ways, Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy is unique. No other prophet ever had anything like this or will have anything like this. Four different things. Now, last week, you already heard about prophecy in general. So this is going to be super prophecy, better than everything else that's come before. So in what four ways is Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy better or different or elevated from all other, other Nevi'im? So first of all, the Rambam writes that when Moshe Rabbeinu would get a prophecy, there were no intermediaries. It was directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, the concept of an intermediary is difficult. To What does that mean, an intermediary between a person and HaKadosh Baruch Hu? For that matter, what does it mean in the Haggadah when we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who carried out Makas Bechoros? Lo malach, saraf. There were no intermediaries. It was straight from Hashem. What does that mean? It's going to be a similar idea over here. There's such a thing as an intermediary and coming directly from Hashem. Understand that all power comes from Hashem. Even his intermediaries are really only taking orders from him. So what's the difference whether Hashem does something directly or whether he tells an angel to do something? Either way, it's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that is, that we'll have to understand. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that. That's number one. Number two, second difference is that Moshe Rabbeinu gets his nevuah when he's wide awake. There is no, he's, he's completely as if we're talking to each other. Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wide awake, no sleepiness, no trance-like state. All other angels, excuse me, all other Nevi'im, all other prophets, they get their prophecy either asleep in a dream or they, they're in a, some sort of a trance-like state. Now understand, the Ramchal points out, and I'm, you probably heard this last week already, the Ramchal writes that Nevi'im, when they get their nevuah, it's not wishy-washy. They know what they are seeing. They know what they are hearing. It's perfectly crystal clear on their level. Nevertheless, their bodies don't function when they're getting a nevuah. Their bodies are either, have to either be asleep or they have to be in a trance-like state. They're not able to maintain their bodies in the way that we are normally able to when we are awake and we're cognizant of what we're doing. They're not able to do that. There has to be some sort of a break between their seichel, between their intellect, which is now dealing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a, such a direct way, and the rest of their body. Moshe Rabbeinu was not like that. The, the integration of his seichel and his body was so complete, there he was able to converse directly with HaKadosh Baruch Hu with no trance-like state, no, no being asleep, being fully awake, fully cognizant. That's number two. Number three, says the Rambam, is a similar to number two, but it's a little, it's a, it's a similar idea to number two, but it is, it is an, an additional point, which is that the, all other Nevi'im, when they got their Nevuahs, they were terrified. They were scared. A Nevuah is a, a scary experience. Not scary in the sense of, oh no, that, that, I, that I'm, someone wants to hurt me, but the, it's so awe-inspiring. It's, it's so 
it, it, it just, it's so consuming, as we know from the experience of, of us Jews at Matan Torah, how, how difficult it was, how, how powerful it was, and overwhelming it was. That's what a Nevoah does to regular Nevi'im. Moshe Rabbeinu, not so. Moshe Rabbeinu was not scared, did not tremble. Again, like a man would speak to his friend, just regular conversation, as if, as if he's just having a conversation with another human being. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu was able to have Nevoah with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's number three. And number four is that all other Nevi'im could not, um, could not get Nevoah on demand. All of the Nevi'im prepared for Nevoah. They were able to get to a level of, of devotion and connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that they could get Nevoah if Hashem chose to give them Nevoah. But they could not demand Nevoah. They could not, could, could not um, legislate when the Nevoah should happen. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to say, Stand and wait. I'll go check with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was able to get Nevoah on demand. That no other Navi is able to do that. Only Moshe Rabbeinu is able at any time, any moment, drop of a hat, he could say, he could just pick up the phone and call HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's it. He's got the direct line. Whenever he wants, he has the conversation. That, again, is something which is unique to Moshe Rabbeinu. So, again, what are the four differences? The four um, milos, the four advantages of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah. Number one, Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with no intermediaries, which we still have to define what that means, that Moshe Rabbeinu is wide awake. Moshe Rabbeinu has no fear. He is not, he's, he's uh, totally calm, no, no anxiety, nothing. And finally, it is, um, it is whenever he wants, he can speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are all about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu being different than all the other Nevi'im, and there never was a Navi in Klal Yisrael like him, and there will never will be. The Ramam writes that Mashiach, who we're waiting for, will, will also be a Navi. The age of Nevoah ended at the beginning of the second Beis Hamikdash, so we haven't had Nevoah in Klal Yisrael for over 2,000 years. When Mashiach comes, he will be a Navi. Um, he is, it, it is, it, according to at least one uh, approach in the Gemara, Eliyahu Hanavi will come first to herald the Mashiach, to tell us the Mashiach is about to come. And Eliyahu Hanavi, of course, is a Navi. And Mashiach will be a Navi. And he will be one of the greatest Nevi'im ever. But, as the Ramam writes, he will be second in Nevoah to Moshe Rabbeinu. He will not be on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, he'll be second in Nevoah to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is the top. <clears throat> in order for Moshe Rabbeinu to be on this level, Moshe Rabbeinu therefore had to behave in a way that was a little different than everybody else. And this is where you we have, and at the end of Parashas Bahaloscha, the incident of the Lashon Hara that Miriam and Aaron spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu, in that they, they talked about Moshe Rabbeinu separating from his wife Tzipporah. All of us separated from each other, all spouses separated from each other at Matan Torah, but Moshe Rabbeinu never went back. He stayed separate from his wife Tzipporah forever. And Miriam and Aaron spoke about that, as the Psukim say, 
that, that why should Moshe Rabbeinu be different? Why should he be separate from his wife? To which Hashem then intervenes and speaks to Miriam and to Aaron and tells them, you're missing the point. Moshe Rabbeinu is a completely different experience. And Moshe Rabbeinu must be perpetually separated from his wife, even though the Torah does not typically uh, value that, to va value spouses being separated from each other. That's not typically what the Torah values. But Moshe Rabbeinu is different. Moshe Rabbeinu is in a perpetual state of elevated nevuah, and therefore he always needs to be separated from his wife. <clears throat> now, what, what is that? Why is that so? Why does he need to be separated from his wife? What is that? What is the what is the correlation between that and Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah? So to understand this, we're going to have to go into a little bit the experience of Matan Torah and explain what happened there and the level of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah and how that what the mistake of Miriam and Aaron is at the end of Bahaloska, and then we can understand it fully. So that we need to do. Before we do that, I want to cover the idea of an intermediary. What does that mean? And you'll see how this will tie in together. <clears throat> HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by definition perfect. And we are imperfect. HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with this world in many ways all the time. Constantly interacts with this world. He interacts with this world generally through intermediaries, sometimes directly. What does it mean through intermediaries? Malachim. There are angels. There are different levels of angels. There's different levels of a hierarchy leading from us all the way up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from this world all the way up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he, he gives instructions, and those instructions are carried out. When we think about a Melech Basar Vedam, you think about a flesh and blood king issuing instructions to his, um, to his uh, um, people who are supposed to do his bidding. So we understand that it's going to be different if, it, if the king does it himself versus if he has a, an attendant do the work. It'll be different in many ways. First of all, every human being is different and therefore it's impossible for the king to convey perfectly, perfectly accurately, exactly what he wants. Even the best attendant is still filtering it through his own understanding. It's not going to be exactly what the king is asking for. It may be close, but it won't be exact. Furthermore, an attendant is not necessarily physically able to do exactly what the king can do. Maybe he can do it a little better, a little worse, a little differently, but there's always going to be a little bit of a difference between the king doing, him, doing it himself and the attendant. Moreover, every human being thinks for himself or herself, and the attendant could inject their own ideas into what the king is demanding. The emphasis could be a little different. The, the slant can be a little different. It could be slight nuances, maybe great ones, but at least slight ones that could happen. None of this should happen when a Kaddish Baruch Hu instructs a malach, an angel, to do his bidding. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will convey precisely what he wants. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the malach, and he will have the malach perceive precisely 
what he wants the Malach to perceive. The Malach is instructed to do precisely what a Kodesh Baruch Hu tells him to do and will not deviate from it. The Malach will therefore, he is a, a Malach at the end of the day, is a very highly programmed robot. A Malach does not have Bechira, does not have free will, at least not the way that we're, we think about it, not the way the human beings do. There may be some slight, uh, some unusual cases where a Malach is given the ability to have free will, but that's only when a Kodesh Baruch who gives him that chance. Typically, a Malach does not have free will, and he does whatever it is Hashem tells him to do. So there shouldn't be any difference between a Kodesh Baruch Hu doing something, quote-unquote, himself, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu doing something through a Malach. A Malach is simply a robot who does precisely what he's programmed to do. So what's the difference whether a Kodesh Baruch Hu does it directly or indirectly? And the answer to that question is as follows. Because when we think of directly and indirectly, something which is done directly will be perfect, not perfect in the sense of perfect the way it should be, but perfect in the sense of it will be perfectly what the king wanted it to be. If the king does it himself, he will do it perfectly by definition, not because he's perfect, but because he will do what he wants to do. So it will be what he wants it to be, or at least what he can make it to be. That's if the king does it himself. By having somebody else do it for him, it's going to be imperfect, which means it won't be precisely the way the king envisioned it. It won't be precisely what the king said. There'll be some, at least nuanced, maybe more than nuanced differences between what the king said and what actually happens because it's being done through an intermediary. And the greater the chain, you tell one intermediary, he tells another, 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 then the less perfect it will be. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the same system. But it's not because it's inherent. It's because he programmed it, programmed it that way. When he does it himself, it is perfect. It is precisely the way it should be. And here it means true perfection, absolute perfection. When he does it through an intermediary, then he builds in imperfection because it's being done through an intermediary. The whole point is it's, there's distance between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and what is going on distance between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when there's distance, then it will express itself as imperfection. It's a little different than what we're talking about with a, with a, with a king, because the imperfection is programmed imperfection, which means, <laughs> if you think about it, it's really perfect, right? It's perfect that it's imperfect. Okay. But the point is, it's not the same thing as HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing it himself. When he does it himself, he does it perfectly. When he uses an intermediary or a series of intermediaries, he programs in that it should be imperfect. How does this show itself? The most obvious way that it shows itself is when a Kodesh Baruch Hu does something directly, it is perfectly mida keneged mida. It is perfectly measure for measure, exactly. And you can see it. There's no ambiguity. Just look at what happens. You'll see the exact measure for measure as it is supposed to be. Whenever it is done through an intermediary, the mida kinegan mida, the measure for measure, can be obscured. It is still measure for measure, but it is not so obvious. When the, the great example of this is when the when Kriyas Yamsuf happened, when the splitting of the sea happened, that was done directly by a Baruch Hu, not through a Malach. And when that happened, every 
Mitzri got precisely what they deserved and the Jews saw it. The Jews saw the Mitzrim getting slammed, getting slashed, getting beaten, and everything was measure for measure. In other words, if you were a Jew who had been whipped by an Egyptian and you had a laceration on your shoulder, you would see that Egyptian get a laceration on his shoulder in Kriyas Yamsuf. Exactly what he did to you, that's what would happen to him. It was precisely, perfectly calibrated mida kenegimida, measure for measure. Whereas when it is done through an intermediary, you don't see the mida kenegimida as obviously. That's an example of the difference between Akarish Baruch doing something directly and through an intermediary. The same idea is brought out over here with Nevoah. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is precisely the word of Akarish Baruch Hu. Other Nevi'im, when they get Nevoah, it's precisely what Hashem wants them to hear. Hashem wants them to know, but it is not precisely the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, meaning there are some imperfections. <clears throat> what does that mean? I mean, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Yechezkel these words. The Ramchal writes that Nevi'im also are told exact words. They're not making up the words themselves. They're told exact words from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the words are less perfect than Moshe Rabbeinu's words. What does that mean? So what that means, and I'll use the terminology that I heard from my Rosh Hashiva of Weinberg, Zahar al-Racha, what that means is that the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu is Torah. That is the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. It is precisely the word of Hashem. It is exactly what Hashem is commanding. The Nevuos of everybody else is not Torah, it's Nevuah, which is great. Nevuah is unbelievable. We should all be zeichet to become Nevi'im, but it's not Torah. It's not the precise instructions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Another way to say it is that when Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Breshis whoever would have been the Moshe Rabbeinu who received the Torah, Whoever would have gotten to that level, whether it was Moshe Rabbeinu, whether it was someone else, Ezra HaSofer, the Gemara says, would have been second, uh, was the uh, runner-up to be the one to be the 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 Mechabal It still would have been Breshis Bar It's the exact words we have today would have been there also. It would have made no difference. It doesn't matter who that person is because Torah is precisely what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is commanding. With other Nevi'im, HaKadosh Baruch Hu builds into the Nevuah the signon, the language, the personality of the Navi himself. In other words, the Nevuah of Yechezkel, if your Mio would have gotten it, would have sounded a little different. And if Yeshaya would have gotten it, would have sounded a little different again. Each Navi would have expressed it slightly differently, not because they're in injecting their own interpretations, but because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving it to them through them. He's incorporating them into the Nevuah. That is not so with Moshe Rabbeinu. The Nevoah is precisely what a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to say, no matter who that person is. That's the level of Torah. Not Nevoah, but Torah. It's a higher level of Nevoah. It's called Torah. That's Nevoah on Moshe Rabbeinu level. It's what Chazal referred to as Aspaklaria Hamiira, looking through a clear glass, instead of Aspaklaria Sheina Miira, looking through a glass that is cloudy. Again, the Navi who is looking through the cloudy glass is getting exactly what Hashem wants him to get, but it's not Torah, it's Nevoah. <clears throat> so 
that will now lead us to understand a little better the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu's Devua. When it was time for Matan Torah, you go through the Pesukim in Parashas Yisro, leading up to Matan Torah, you see that there was plan A and there was plan B. Plan A was that Hashem would speak to Moshe Rabbeinu. All of the Torah, all the Aser Sadibros would be said to Moshe Rabbeinu and only Moshe Rabbeinu. The rest of Klal Yisrael would be there and would witness Hashem speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, which means the rest of Klal Yisrael would get a nevuah that Hashem is telling the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the nevuah the rest of Klal Yisrael would get, but nothing else. Moshe Rabbeinu would get the entirety of the Aser Sadibros and the Torah. We would get a nevuah that Moshe Rabbeinu is Hashem's Navi, that Moshe Rabbeinu is getting Hashem's Torah. And then he would tell it to us. That was what the, the, the Kla Yisrael was supposed to, that was plan A. But when Moshe Rabbeinu told us the plan, we responded, We want to get direct Nevoa from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We don't want an intermediary. We don't want to get the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu. We want to get the Torah directly from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu went back to Hashem and told Hashem this, and Hashem said, that is wonderful. That's terrific. That is great. I'm going to give them this opportunity. And with that, he tells Moshe Rabbeinu a critical statement. Tell the people they need to separate from their spouses. You see, a regular Navi does not need to separate from their spouse. A man or a woman who is a Navi or a Naviya can be regularly married. Now, they have to be Tahar in order to receive Navua, so they might have to go to the mikvah in order to get the prophecy that they need to get, but they can be married. It's not a problem. <clears throat> when we asked to get the Torah directly, what we were asking for was, we want the nevua of Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning we want the nevua that is called Torah. We want that higher level nevua directly. Hashem says, I'm going to give it to you. You're asking for it. It's a wonderful thing you're asking for. I'm doing it. You need to separate from your spouses because someone who is, who is with their spouse, even if they have gone to the mikvah, they're not able to be on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. You need to be separated. And so we all did. And we all went to the mikvah. And we were all ready for Matan Torah. And there we were. And the, it was terrifying. The experience was absolutely petrifying. And we literally died over and over again. Our neshamas left us. The malachim had to put the, 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 the neshama back into us. And Hashem told us the first two of the Aseris Hadibros directly. Anochi and lo We heard directly. And we couldn't take it. At that point, we gave up. We said, we can't handle this anymore. It's too much. The nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is called Torah, is too difficult for us to handle. We're not on that level. We were temporarily, artificially given that level, but it wasn't us. It was too much for us. And therefore we backed away. And we said, Moshe Rabbeinu, you speak to us and we'll hear. shouldn't speak to us, we might die. We can't handle it. Moshe Rabbeinu thought 
that this was a bad thing, that we were backing away from our original commitment. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe no, this is great. This is good because this shows Yerashamayim. This means they have Yerashamayim. And this will, this experience of having experienced this incredibly terrifying nevuah of Torah, that will teach Klal Yisrael and we will be far from sin. And that's what happened. And so we went from plan A to plan B. Plan A was, we would not hear directly from Hashem. We would hear from Moshe Rabbeinu. Plan B was that we would hear directly from Hashem. And then we couldn't handle it. And we went back to plan B, excuse me, back to plan A. And now we go back to Moshe Rabbeinu getting the rest of the Torah and telling it to us. And that's why the, the Gemara says in Maseches Makos, Torah tziva lanu Moshe, we were commanded Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu. The gematria of Torah is 611 because there are 613 mitzvos. Two of them we did not get from Moshe Rabbeinu. Two of them we got straight from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that was the first two, Asir Sadebros, Anochi, and Lo'i Elecha. Those two Torah nevuah we got directly. The rest of it was through Moshe Rabbeinu because his nevuah is that of Torah. Nobody else's. It has to come through Moshe Rabbeinu. What did Miriam and Aaron speak about? What did they say about Moshe Rabbeinu? So this, again, comes from my Rosh Hashiva from Weinberg Zaharaha, who said, what do you mean? How could Miriam and Aaron have made this mistake? They didn't know that Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah was on a higher level than anybody else's? It's one of the Ikrim. Everybody has to know this. Of course they knew that. I will uh, just amplify the question that which is that we all understood the level of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah. We got it, including Miriam and Aaron. We got that nevuah at Har Sinai, the first two Dibros, and none of us could handle it except for Moshe Rabbeinu. They were all there, including Miriam and Aaron, and they understood it better than anybody else. And they saw that only Moshe Rabbeinu could handle it. They all knew that to be on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, you had to be separate from your spouse. That's what we were told at Matan Torah. So what did, were they thinking? What were Aaron and Miriam thinking that they spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu? So the Roshiva explained that Miriam and Aaron understood that Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah is completely different than anybody else's nevuah. They understood that, but they thought that just like the rest of us Jews were artificially, temporarily given the ability to get that type of nevuah, which is called Torah, for the first two Dibros, Moshe Rabbeinu as well was really only temporarily, artificially given that type of nevuah, not perpetually, just for when he needed to hear Torah, Hashem told him Torah, and for that time he needed to be special, different, apart. But when he was not in the official capacity of teaching Torah, of receiving Torah, then Moshe Rabbeinu was like everybody else. Not like everybody else, but like every other Navi. And therefore, he should not be separated from his wife. Hashem steps in and says to Miriam and Aaron, you are missing the full picture. You got it. That, Mo that Moshe is completely different than everybody else. What you're not getting is that it's perpetual. It's not artificial. Moshe Rabbeinu is always on this level. Moshe Rabbeinu is perpetually on this level. Moshe Rabbeinu has no fear when he speaks to me. Moshe Rabbeinu does not fall asleep 
when he speaks to me. Moshe Rabbeinu can speak to me at any time he wants. There's no separation. He's always perpetually on the level of the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not artificial. And therefore, he, and only he, needs to be separate from his wife. He can't go back to his wife. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu is always on Har Sinai, not physically, but he is perpetually the same Moshe Rabbeinu as on Har Sinai. That's the way he always is. He's perpetually in a state of receiving Torah or passively receiving Torah. That's where Moshe Rabbeinu is. And that encapsulates the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah and everybody else's nevuah. Moshe Rabbeinu is always there. There's no intermediary. It's constant. He is always on with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And his body is completely integrated in this, always. And he is able to have this, we'll call it relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that no one else could possibly have. That is the, the animamin that we are saying when we talk about the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah is the truth. It is Torah. You can't get greater truth than that. Torah is the ultimate truth. It is amitis. It is the truth. He is the av shalkol anavim. He is, literally means father. He's the leader, the greatest of all the anavim. And no one before nor afterwards could reach his level. And also, he was able to perceive HaKadosh Baruch Hu more than anybody else. It's a difference in kind. It's not that he's a little bit greater. It's a difference in kind. It's the little leagues and the big leagues. It's a completely different experience with Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu is, is therefore needs to be separate from his wife. And this will then really lead into the next ikr about the authenticity of Torah. Just keep in mind for that next ikr, Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah and is Torah, and it comes from directly from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, no intermediary, and it is a nevuah that no one else is able to have, and it is defined as Torah, and it is amitis, and it is exactly precisely what we need to hear from Hakadosh Baruch Hu.